With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast Survivor News Edition, episode 275, Risk It for the Biscuit. I serve as your humble and oh-so-gracious host, Bryce Isaiah, and I thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Survivor News. If you could be so kind to ensure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. The Purple Pants Podcast awaits for you to subscribe. And as always, with your Survivor News, you can listen to this audio podcast on video. Head over to YouTube, type in Bryce Isaiah, click subscribe, give this video a thumbs up, and let us know what you think about the baby boys being back. We are back. We just got back from Toronto, and I had to link up with my favorite baby boys, Jack Atkins from The Circle Season 2, when DZ, winner of Ghost Island, and me, your baby boy, Bryce Isaiah, are back talking all things 90 minutes of the first episode of Season 45. So listen, I've got much more to say. Let's get into some Survivor News. <laughs> And just like that, your baby boys are back covering another season of the amazing show that we call Survivor. We are here for your Survivor news. Let's formally welcome back to the podcast. He's an actor. He's a poker player. You may have seen him on The Circle, but you know him from the floor is Lava. Let's welcome back to the podcast. He don't know the name of the tune, but the tune is 
Jack Atkins. Hey, so good to be back, Bryce. I'm very it's, excited. It's even more excited to have you back. Um, and, huh? Uh, I was going to say, it's just good to be back in my chair with a Dr. Pepper and a couple buffs on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to see my buffs? Okay, the baby boy is locked in, hailing in from Ardmore section of Pennsylvania. He is a new father, although we already know he's been a dad. You might know him from Ghost Island. You might know him from Hot Mess House. You might know him from Beach Cabana Royale, but you definitely know him from Bryson Wynn Present from BWP. Let's welcome back to the podcast, Wendeezy. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's good to be back, good brothers. I'm I'm so happy to see y'all, Jack. It's a uh, an absolute pleasure to see you, Bryce. We back, Bryce. We back. We back. Good to we, see you too. It is always good to be seen, and you know, kicking off the Survivor season, it was really, really, really fun. Uh, we just got back from Toronto, and I mean, the vibes in Toronto kicking off the BWP Tour 45. It was truly amazing. Of course, shout out to Global TV and Stack TV. They were our partners for our premiere in Toronto, and it was truly amazing. A huge shout out to Karen from Empower Inc. We also had a component with fundraising for Empower Inc., which is such an amazing cause. Uh, Survivors Uplifting Survivors. Tell us more about Empower Inc. I, yes, yes. We, I met Karen about a year ago, and she told me all that she does for her, her organization that she started, where she brings breast cancer survivors um, and pairs them with tattoo artists, and they give them these beautiful tattoos across their mastectomy scars. Uh, essentially, um, you know, turning this into something very empowering and uh, a beautiful thing, giving them beautiful works of art, and um, really kind of putting the power back into the hands of these women. And when she told me that, I didn't think I was affected. I didn't have many, um, I didn't know. I guess it was a blind spot of mine, uh, just like how many women are affected by breast cancer and how many women, the the higher percentage in the black community that die from breast cancer. And um, it was a blind spot, but it was something that I wanted to learn more about. And I told Karen that I wanted to help elevate her voice, told Bryce, Bryce was like, we will absolutely find any way to do it. And so last season when we went to Toronto, because Karen is from Canada, we did this Survivors and Uplifting Survivors event. And we flew in four women, four Black women, to have tattoos um, on them. And so this what, what was special about that was that Karen and her organization, they never um, partnered with Black women. Because I think it was the tattoo artists that they found, they, they might have been um, scared to tattoo on black skin or something. It just was never a fit. So when she met me, she was like, let's, let's expand this thing, please, because um, the rates are higher in the black community. So we did that last season. It was a success and it really touched us all. We came back this season with um, the goal to just, to just call out any women, you know, and we had a diverse group this time with the same tattoo artist from Illustrative TO. And it was just another beautiful, beautiful occasion. And so um, we have such fun at these parties. Bryce and I, we do have a great time and the fans have a really great time. But what we really want to do is start adding very um, 
adding great components. And one of those things is, is charity in any capacity. It's been with Hearts of Reality. It's been with Empower Inc. We're looking for more charities to partner with, but also with our Real Talk panels. Um, this was our third one, Bryce. Yes, and it was truly amazing. Shout out to Ty, the winner of Big Brother Canada, Kevin, Mary Ann, Jam Jam, uh, Mertz, and Hartley, who moderated our event. It was truly successful at McMaster University. Uh, the video will be out soon, but it was such a special event. And just hearing the stories and just really talking about the character versus the actual player was so inspiring. And so, you know, you have to keep in store what the BWP has for you. Wendell, you wanted to say something? One, just one note about the Real Talk panels. It's something that, like, we just wanted to just delve a little deeper. And just, you know, reality shows are fun, but then there are some, some like, not-so-fun sides. Um, and we just wanted to talk about real issues. Our first one was about race. Our second one was about mental health. This one was about player versus character. And we were able to see, like, trends that aren't just in the Survivor community, but they happen in Big Brother with Ty, who won. Um, and what was really telling to me, Bryce, is that we put the tickets out maybe like two weeks before our Toronto trip and the 80 tickets, they're free. They sold out in three days. And our for, we've had panels with 10 people in there, but it's great to see that people want to see other aspects and learn a little more. And um, we were at McMaster University and it was just a really cool cool time. So if you guys have ideas of topics that we can do to kind of like push the envelope or push the discussion, please let us know in the comments or DM us because we want to find cool things to talk about that relate to all this reality stuff, but that expand our minds. Sorry for hijacking the pod. No worries. Win DZ gonna win DZ. But Toronto was amazing kicking off the Bryce and Win Tour 45. And we all will be in New York next week for the RHAP welcome party. And if you know, you know, Tickets are on sale, so hopefully we can see you on the road with the Bryson Wentz Tour 45. Now, I know that was a lot of a lot, but listen, we just had to talk a little something before we get into the meat and potatoes of the podcast, which is Survivor Season 45. Jackery, the official moderator of the Survivor News. Okay, we had to demote, promote, and evoke the baby boy. What you got for us, Jack? Yeah. So excited to get into it. I've been pumped for season 45. I don't know if it's the crazy marketing CBS was doing or what, but it's just, <laughs> I could feel as they were getting on the boat, that emotion that was just emanating through the boat. I felt that in my soul. And so I'm just excited to talk about it with you guys. Just getting right into it. We get on the boat for the, I guess, call it the marooning. Um, and like I said, the emotion is palpable. Jeff even says, I don't know if I've seen a cast this excited like off rip uh and just to break it down we've got bello and blue or i guess we'll start from the left we've got reba wearing red we've got austin drew sifu d julie and jay maya in the middle we got lulu wearing yellow we've got brandon caleb sean emily hannah and sabaya uh and on the right side we got bello wearing blue brando bruce jake katura kelly kendra um, and right off the bat, this is like a marooning where I feel like things are starting to ramp up quickly. Not only do we have Brandon crying from his excitement of being out there, and I'm with you, Brandon, I, I feel you with that. <laughs> but we also have 
a returning player, our guy Bruce, who Jeff makes a point to acknowledge, hey, we got a familiar face here. And right away, Emily is bringing some conflict that we haven't seen in a few seasons, calling Bruce out, saying, you know, he has an advantage over us. I mean, look at him. He's already telling us what we should think, this and that. So I just want to give you guys thoughts on that real quick, not only about having Bruce back, but also this conversation that he has with Emily, the conflict she's bringing, and if there's any merit to what she might be saying. I think, first of all, Emily is Emily. I mean, I don't even know what to say, right? Like, because this type of fire, this type of rah, 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 like, I am here for it. When I tell you I was in Toronto sipping my Bryce margarita, when I tell you it's sorry to the person that my margarita came out of my mouth, I said, who? <laughs> and for me, it was like, okay, girl, we see you. But when Bruce gave his rebuttal and then sis had a rebut to the rebuttal, I said, now, wait in the, I said, now, this is getting good. I, like, now, Bruce is my guy, okay? Bruce is Bruce. But Emily, the way Emily was sticking it to him, like, okay, 45 ain't playing. They are coming out hot. And I'm here for it. I'd say Emily might mess around and be my favorite player this season. <laughs> Hot take. Yo, and I don't mean and I don't mean favorite as in I love her or anything like that. I mean I will love to watch her because you like you she's Balls. giving me lots That's of like yeah. and and also I was on Ghost Island and my first day on Ghost Island, there was a similar kind of a call out situation between Dom and Chris Noble. Um but I think Emily went even harder than Dom. And like you said, she doubled down. She's she's something. And most in these maroonings, Jack, because, you know, I play Survivor once a time or two before my day. When you see Jeff, like, you are, like, shooketh, right? Like, I remember when Jeff called to me, he was like, the man in the purple shirt. I was like, hey, like, you know, like, you're just shell-shocked. But for Emily, the way Emily Carr was started, like, she had it on auto start. That joint was like, she went in. And it's like, I love that fire because it's like, most people, that's what you're thinking, right? Like, it's like, well, he do have an advantage. We do feel bad for what he happened, what happened to him. But he does have an advantage. Um, I was just really taken aback by it. But I don't want to let that overshadow before I spit my margarita out. I was crying tears into it because seeing Brandon, my baby boy, that I have had the opportunity to know for a little over a decade at this point, knowing his Survivor fandom, knowing who he is and knowing what such an amazing person he is, for him to get up there and just to be bawling his eyes out saying, like, this is the dream that I wanted and I am now here. Like, it gave me chills. Like, I love to see this type of passion. And I just was like, I love Brandon. Like, that's my baby boy. I think, I don't think there is, because that is our baby boy, our Philly boy, he, I think there is nothing that he can do out there that will prevent us from cheering this man on. And well, yeah, I think, I'm good, bro. 
we saw he gave us a lot of uh, a lot of uh, fodder this episode, but we're gonna root for our our Philly fam, our boy Brandon. Um, yeah, the emotion was real and palpable, and we love you. And your feelings were probably what a lot of people would feel out there. What did you think, Jack, when you saw Emily going off? So, yeah, I think that is sort of the epitome of what she brought to the episode. And I've seen a lot of people giving backlash about Emily, this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, you know, Survivor is meant to be entertaining. And so while the majority of people might not like Emily, what she's going to bring to the show by the conflict she creates I think it's going to make the show better. And what, what else can we really ask for? The, the, this new era has had so much kumbaya and people have been complaining about that. And then all of a sudden we get someone who's going to tell it like it is and be really blunt. And then people, some people don't like that. It's like, we can't, we gotta, we gotta try things out. So I'm excited for some conflict. Um, I want to see some arguments, you know, that, that, that makes survivor exciting. We can't all, not everyone can, should just get along every season. It gets, it gets a little stale. Um, to, your, to your point, Jack, like, yeah, uh, there have been a lot of like love fests on these shows and people were screaming for villains. And although she's not a villain, she has she has serious. Uh, can I talk to the manager energy? And I'm like. I kind of enjoy watching those videos online. Yeah. <laughs> we're about to watch those videos all season, depending on how long she's in the game. And um, yeah. I don't know about y'all, but I wish I could have a personal Emily in my pocket for when I'm getting ready to go out. You know, when you looking in the mirror and you don't know if your outfit is right. Like, I wish I could have a little app that pulls up Emily. Like, hey, yo, Emily, what you think about this? Actually, I think it's a mess price and you need to go back in the closet. I feel like that's the type of energy Emily has. And so I wish I could have me a little Emily when I'm getting ready to go out. Let me know what you think, sis. We need to have a what would Emily say portion every time. And before we get off the marooning, uh, Jack, who uh, does uh, now is is Sifu, right? Yeah. Cause Sifu see you on the dance floor, or you think Jack Atkins got more skills? Okay, cause Sifu was hitting the. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, and then Jack was, was like, he "Don't see the circle and see some of the moves." Because <laughs> I, I feel don't... like, please don't stop the music, music, music. Cause Sofu was like. <laughs> Uh, 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 like, the funny thing is, seafood too was just random times hitting like Tai Chi moves. Right. <laughs> he was in the, gym, in the wall a couple of times, like right. mid challenge, just hopping up. Hey. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Uh, he was giving me push vibes. Yeah, I like yeah. it. That's well, the thing is, like, with all with. People can question, you know, certain behavior of certain contestants, right? We got people questioning Emily. We got people saying, oh, Brandon's weak and challenges, emotionally weak. But it's like, and Sifu is doing all this crazy stuff, but it's like, they want to be there. They're going to play, you know? And so while they might sometimes be a little bit of a mess to watch, that makes it fun. As long as they're out there to, to do their, give their best effort. If everyone's going 110%, it doesn't matter who's, if everyone's a great player, that's not fun to watch. We need people that are chaotic and, and messy. And so that's what I, that's my big takeaway from this episode that gets me excited about the season. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of big players there ready to play. And there was one, we'll get to that. Let's go. Yeah. But before we 
I guess, jump off the boat. We've got these players need to jump off the boat and do this first reward challenge. Um, just to sum it up, it's going to be a three-stage challenge. It's the, group, the tribes of six are going to break into three groups of two. The first group is going to empty this crate full of sandbags. And the next two are going to go in the water to retrieve a key and paddle back in a boat. Uh, and then hop up the ladder on the side of the boat. And then the last two are going to use poles um, to, re- to retrieve the bag off of the spiral uh, hook up top. Uh, and the winner is going to get a flint and some other crucial camp supplies, I believe, like a machete, a pot, etc. Um, after the second phase of the challenge, Brandon and Sean are in the lead. But as I'm sure everyone who watched the episode remembers, Brandon struggled getting up the side of the boat. Um, yeah, it, it was tough. But in his defense, I do think once, like, I think it's a lot easier to go in off the boat. Because once you're in the water and you're wearing your jeans and your shirt and the, and the you know, sometimes a rope ladder, it's like if you grab it, it'll like lean back with you. And then all of a sudden you're like weird angle trying to get up. Um, Add that but, to him just swimming out there and getting in a boat and paddling and paddling back. Exactly. So and then, and then the more he was trying to do it, the more tired you're going to get. So it's like you just kind of chill for a second, like catch your breath and then. He was able to make it happen, um, but did fumble their lead, which allowed Bello and Reba to get up on the boat first. And then uh, Drew and D, I think much thanks to Drew, he's probably what, like six, five, six, six. He's able to just reach up there, get the key off and secure the win for the Red Reba tribe. Um, Some would say, is Drew or. Is Drew the Jack Atkins archetype? I think that you might be thinking of the seal. True. Drew is Napoleon. Dynamite. Yeah. I, I think he might be. But I, I did actually, I did love what I saw from Drew in this episode. So he's, I do think, like, that confessional when he had a little bit down the line where he's like, I've got Drew and I've got the seal. And yeah. Drew's like, the nerdy guy who's going to do his work and like hang out. But then Basile at the party is going to be like, yo, what's up, man? (laughs) Okay. I I see you, Drew. Like I I can relate. I got the Jack to the Atkins. So listen, that's Um, the Bryce to the Isaiah. So I, I feel that. No, no, it's just windowing. (laughs) Like it's (laughs) the nerdy type. A. it's only one window. Um, But after the challenge concludes, you know, we again, we've still got some more activity on the boat. Um, a, the losing teams have to send two people from their tribe to do this a savvier sweat challenge, as we and you know, they have seen in the past few seasons leading up to this. Um, Bello sends Brando and Jake, and Lulu sends Sabaya and Caleb. Uh, and then on top of that, just like you know what, Brandon, like. You were a little gas. <laughs> we're going to have medical take a look at you, which I missed while I was watching the episode. So when they got back to camp, I was like, where's Brandon? Man? Brandon said, I'm not dead. <laughs> where's Davey? Where? <laughs> um, <laughs> I was real quick, Jack, when they, the sweat or savvy in my mind, I was like, I know Jack has to be living for this moment because I know you get a little tired of the same things over and over. But I loved how they was like, it's not sweat or savvy. 
is sweat and savvy. You got to do them both. I was like, yeah, y'all, come on, Survivor. Y'all better listen to what the fans are saying because I thought that that was amazing. And yeah. they're shipping them to another island to compete against each other. So it's another oh, yeah. competition. Now, if I was, uh, what is it? I'm I, I butchering her name. Is it uh, Sabaya? And I yes. think, is that the pronunciation? That's the pronunciation, right? I think so. Yes. Sabaya oh, and Caleb. Yeah. Hindsight, what they say? Hindsight is 2020? 20, yeah. Wouldn't it have been better for them to just sit and just wait for the time to go out and conserve your energy if knowing that no one got the reward? How would they know? I mean, that's why it's hindsight. Like, I'm just saying, like, they just practically, like, killed themselves. Yeah, if you know you're not going to win, yeah, but you have to, like, you know, try. I mean, you don't know know that that second puzzle is going to be that difficult. I'd almost venture to say maybe they made a second puzzle that is impossible to solve so that both I, of these. No, Jack, I was going to say, Jack I, was curious about Jack the it. I was curious about the puzzle too. Uh, and I feel like I saw some videos about like, is this how you're supposed to solve it? But I honestly, no, it, it, the video I watched was just the rope, like moving all around. So I didn't really follow what was happening. There was no one like explaining. Um, my thing was wait time out. You just watched a video of a rope just going like well, this. <laughs> How well, long I did you watch the video, Jack? How long did you watch the video? Two hours. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, Jack, um, just watch twice. Yeah, I know. Oh, that's how you're supposed to do that. <laughs> um, Yo, I love those puzzles. By the way, I used to have all those little ones with the ropes. Anyway. Yeah, my thing too. So I think it was solvable, but with what I'm trying to remember is how long did they have to do it? Was it only an hour, or was it an it was an hour and a half? I don't know how long the black stand emptied out the album. Yeah, so I was wondering about that because I I thought I remembered it being 90 minutes, but when I was reading like the recap to refresh myself, I think it said an hour. So I'm like Mm -hmm. to do all of those logs and to get the puzzle in an hour is very difficult. So I, I feel like 90% of duos you put in that challenge are not going to complete it, but maybe yeah. that's survivor being like, you know what? Like, let's make this a little bit harder and, and harder they did. Cause Emily was back at camp. Like if they don't come back with something, they got something and they're not telling us. And I'm just letting you write them know right now. If they don't come back with something, yeah, we know something's up. Yeah. And yeah, so we kind of skipped over that initial return to the camps before we get to the sweat and savvy challenge. Nothing too crazy happened, uh, uh-huh. but I just want to recap it. So we have this. Oh, so I, got see, it. Um, I got some takes. I got some takes. All right. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We'll, we'll, we'll finish off with the Lulu tribe talking like, with Emily. But at Reba's Beach, they kind of we kind of just see them doing some introductions. We see Julie talking about how she's telling people she's an art teacher instead of a lawyer. And she's a late lawyer. She went back to school at 40, which is pretty cool. We also see Drew have his confessional about, you know, his Drew side and his Basile side. Um, and so far, I think from Drew, like, I've, he's been pretty self-aware, you know, even in his first confessional. He had the first confessional of the season where he's like, I'm one of the smartest people you've had. I'm not saying that to be, like, braggadocious. I'm just saying that because it's true. But he's like, but the thing, the difference between the Ivy League and then the game is there's a certain finesse and whatever that you have to have and respect for the game in order to navigate it. So it's like, okay, he's a smart guy, but he's, he's not coming in cocky. Um, For me, it was when they were giving their introductions and Drew was, they were like, ask what you do. Drew was like, I'm a grad student. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was it. Like, he was like, period. Like, yeah. For me, the way he said it was a little sus in the sense of like, if you go back and watch it, like everybody was like, yeah, you know, I'm a painter. I did this. Uh, Basil was like, I'm a grad student. Well, he's actually, he said he was in his last semester of undergrad. Last semester of undergrad. Yeah. But I kind of like that because keeping it not like keeping it short and sweet sometimes is. is I, I agree. But it was just his delivery was like. Yeah. Why you just put a period at like you only said three words? Why is it yeah. just the period? Yeah, I'd be like, what are you studying? Like, <laughs> right. Last month, you have a job lined up, Drew. <laughs> um, and then over on uh, Bello, we get Bruce back. He says, "Look, you can call me whatever you want, but don't call me dad. I, I'm like the drunk uncle." And then we, he's like, "I don't want to be the one giving instruction." And then we see him proceed to give a lot of instruction. All the, but and I want to hear you guys take on this. In my opinion, 
it makes it look it makes them look kind of goofy. But if I'm out there and I have someone in my tribe who's been out here before and done this whole setup process, I do want to hear what you think. Like I would hope you would share those those tidbits. Um, Listen, now I love Bruce, but Bruce said he came out straw. He said, "Listen, don't call me abuelo, don't call me poppy, don't call me grandpa, don't call me that. Call me Uncle Bruce. Call me Brucey." Two seconds later, hey, did you get your homework done? Hey, are those chores <laughs> done? Hey, wash those dishes. Your mom called you three times. Get out here, Jack. Stop playing with your buffs and clean your room. I was like, Bruce, what in the hell? Uh, so true. Dead. But then Rhea ran two seconds later. Oh, uh, this is so stupid. Was like, show me your homework. And at, at that very moment, I said, oh, my God. Wendell is Bruce. Bruce is uh, Wendell. Like, they're, they're the same person. Wendell used to be like, I'm Wendy I'm Wendy Literally yeah. today, Jack, we had to go to a storage unit, and we had some chairs, and Wendell was like, hey, Bryce, I just need you to drill three holes in the chair. I said, okay. Gave me the drill. I like... Jack, all I do is walk up. I just walk up to the chair. When DZ's off somewhere, he come up. Oh, no, hey, Perp, listen. We're no time frame. Just and then pull it out. Then I, I put it in, and Wendy's like, hold it like this. Like, okay, Dad. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Okay. My only rebuttal is, Jack, the chairs were steel. It's steel frames that I'm trying to... Here you go. Here you go. Here's Dad. Oh. On the way to the storage unit, I pick up special drill bits. And Bryce has never drilled into steel before. How do you He's, know? How you know? You're terrible at drilling into wood. <laughs> so um, I just set them up. I'm like, I bring two drills. I'm like, Bryce, this is how you do it. And then I remembered, oh, we don't need three holes. We need four. And I just wanted him to drill straight. Whatever. Nate, you're right, Bryce. Nate, I'm Jack, you've been at a Bryson Wynn setup. Oh, Wendell has asked you to stuff a bag before. <laughs> Do you not remember after you stuff a Hey, put the tissue paper like this. <laughs> Jack was a little bit, Basil was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's well, here's I'm what I'd say in Bruce, and I, and I guess in Wendell's defense, is what I, what I didn't. Obviously, we weren't we weren't there to see the full scope of things, but what they showed Bruce talking about was more like, "Hey, when I was out here, the best way for us to eat the coconuts was like this." It's not he's not being like, "Yo, did you did you finish the shelter yet?" Here's what I would say, right? I feel like after the Emily showing at the marooning, and as much as Bruce has tried to deflect it, right? Like you clearly know that there's a target. Uh, and then when you get to camp, like you immediately say, like, listen, I, I'm the cool uncle. I, you, I'm going to let you stay up and watch TV. Like, you know, I'm going to let yeah. you eat chocolate for breakfast. I, I, I definitely feel like it's great to have that information. But sometimes you have to remember, like, your audience. Oh, and God. it's like, right, like, lead them to the water. Like, I just and don't get me wrong. Like, I love Bruce. And I like I would be like, yes, do this. Like, help me, Bruce. But I just feel like. Just the way the edit had it, it was like that 
he's a first of all, Bruce is a father. He's a leader, right, in his own life. And so I just feel like it was hard for him to turn it off. But, like, clearly we see the tribe members talking like uh, Bruce said he chill, laid back, but he came in on a thousand. So I just feel like knowing what Emily just put you on blast, knowing all of this, I feel like it would just, like, just... Take a little step back, Uncle Brucey. I think the determining factor for me is going to be like if we come in the next episode and we saw a little something from like the the next time on Survivor. But if we see Bruce next episode being like, "All right, we got to do this," we got now when it's past his previous area of expertise, <laughs> then I'm gonna be like, "Okay, Bruce, you got to tone it down." But I really just think like here, it could it could even be in like an editing thing because I'm thinking about if I'm on Bruce's tribe, a lot of those. Things he's telling people might be because I'm there asking Bruce, like, hey, last time you were here, how did you like the coconuts? And then he would be like, oh, the best way to have the coconuts is like this. And then they just take that and make it look like he's telling everyone what to do. But I'm going to be asking questions because I'm like, um, yeah, I, I think it was an editing thing for them to have a little fun with, like, Bruce yeah. saying I want to, you know. But also, if I'm his tribe and it wasn't just an editing thing, first of all, I think it's I think it's good twofold. I think, first of all, the man has been here for a small amount of time and he's giving us ways to make this a little easier. First of all, awesome. Yeah. Secondly, um, if he is bossing us around, cool, easier target. I'm fine with that also. Yeah. But lastly, if we get into episode two and they have the Taj Mahal built for shelters, thank you, Bruce. Appreciate it. You exactly. know, like we'll see. All I'm saying is make sure y'all get your homework done before you lay in the shelter. That's all I'm saying. Because yeah. he knows Emily is going to be in class. Like, oh, teacher, you didn't collect the homework. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's the type. But, yeah, to, to Wendell's point, that's that's very true. Because I'm, th- I'm also thinking about when I'm asking Bruce what's good, I'm also giving him little alley-oops to be, like, telling us what to do. Because then it puts that leadership target on his back. Um, and then we bounce over um, to Lulu, where, like you mentioned, Bryce, uh, Emily's like, because this is all before we see the sweat for Savvy. Emily's like, oh, if, if they come back with nothing, this and that. Which, here, that's the thing, is like, we, we come back to later on in the episode, Sabia sort of talks about how Emily's isolating herself. This is one of those moments where it's like, everyone kind of already knows that, right? If they come back with nothing, it's suspect. So to be the one that's like throwing it out there, you're kind of just trying to paint targets when there's no reason to do that yet. Right. But I feel like could Emily potentially be like this season's Carolyn, but like in a a different verse, right? Because I, I, I honestly feel like watching Emily, I feel like she can't help herself, right? Like I feel like this is how her mind works. And I love the like the forwardness of it because for me, it's like, show me how you coming. Like, and I can work with it or work against it. Um, so I like that. I like the way you look at that, Bryce. Like, she's keeping it funky with you. Right. She's 100%. So. And for me, it's like, again, reveal your cards to me. Because now I know if you acting funny or if you don't have anything to say, then that's a cue to me to be like, I don't trust what she's saying. I don't believe what she's saying. Uh, now. I don't know if this is before or after. Now, what's what's the red tribe? Uh, Reba. Reba. 
Reba, first of all, was I only person to think of uh, Reba McIntyre? Okay, I was thinking about, I used to love that TV show, Reba. Now, I don't remember how the song goes, so you lucky, Jack. Uh, can we talk about Reba Tribe real quick, okay? Um, Sifu. Sifu got in this confessional and said, they don't know. Uh, they don't know I'm out here looking for idols. I'm playing the best game ever. They ain't gonna see it. Two seconds later, Austin's like, Did anybody know where Sifu is? I mean, we know he's out there looking for idols. <laughs> but, baby, I was not ready for when he pulled out the Tony Shack. And <laughs> not only when he pulled out the Tony Spy Shack, where he got caught, okay? And where he got caught, Jack, when I tell you I almost urinated on myself, and he was like, <laughs> gotcha. I'm just playing with y'all. You imagine if I was really over here spying on you guys. <laughs> D was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jack, he He's really. He made too. He was like, yeah, that was a bit crazy. <laughs> Jack, his his rebuttal was <laughs> oh, I got you no actually Sifu we got you that's like that's like you try to surprise somebody they come and surprise you and you like surprise <laughs> he said I <laughs> no, you, you didn't get me I got you <laughs> I got you could you imagine? Wow. If that, I would be, that would be crazy. Created a spy shack. That would have been wild. You look over and see me, and I was spying on you. Why would oh. I do that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not to mention his bright red buff, his shirt with like pink tigers on it. You trying and to then, be stealthy? And then the back of the, can you go back to that picture you had of it, Bryce? Yeah. And then the back of it is just on the other side of the path. <laughs> like, like, they can just turn around and see him hunched over there. They just need to keep walking. And meanwhile, while he's in the shelter, he do it. <laughs> it is. Now, listen, it's official. Seafood is a thousand percent Danny Messer uh, this season. Like, I definitely get Danny energy from Seafood. I love his energy, right? But it's like, baby boy, just dial it back just a tad bit because it's like, you're going a million. And mind you, although it's like, I don't want you to dial it back, keep going because I love to see it. I hope and pray that there's a tribe swap or he makes the merge. Can you imagine an alliance of Emily and Sifu and, Bas <laughs> and Basil? <laughs> no, I don't know if I can. But yeah, that's the thing. Sifu has he says he's like, I want to play this like it's my second time. But you can't just say that and make it happen. <laughs> like well, he, he play. is playing like Tony Vanchos on his second time. Exactly. He's playing yeah. like Tony's second time. He watched the wrong Tony season. Yeah, he watched the wrong Tony season. Um yeah, that's and it, you, it's like to say you want to play a Tony game, no one's ever been able to just recreate the magic of Tony Vakos. Other than himself. Yeah, even Tony struggles to do it. So you can't just come out here, tie chi, and be like, all right, I'm going to be 
Tony Lacos. Um, Don't risk it for the biscuit. Okay. It's funny. Um, but I wanted to, real quick, I wanted to go back about, well, I don't know. I wanted to touch on your point about Emily versus Carolyn. And I do think the the notion of them sort of being like an unfiltered version of themselves is a good comparison. But where I think it kind of differs at its core is like, I feel like Carolyn's a very positive person and like her unfiltered version of herself is always going to be like a positive, optimistic person. Whereas Emily's kind of, as her tribe says, a ne- like a glass half empty type of person, a negative person. Um, and so that's kind of where if someone's unfiltered, but they're just being negative, it's going to bring a lot different energy than if they're unfiltered and they're just really optimistic and positive. I agree. That's why I said like they're like the opposite. It's like uh yeah, yin and yang. Right. Like Emily is the half of the glass. Carolyn is the top of the glass. Also, while we're getting at this uh camp tr- camp life, another player for me that like opened my eyes, and again, is it uh Katira? Katora? Katura, yeah. Katora. Katora was like, I'm a civil rights attorney. I don't want nobody to know I'm a lawyer. And I then I believe it was she was with Kendra. And they was like, yeah, I can't really trust Drake. I, like, let's do a, a girl's alliance. And Katora was like, well, yeah, why you can't trust Drake? She was like, because he's a lawyer. And for me, I just feel like you can say that about any profession, right? But it, there are some professions, like if you're a cop, if you're a lawyer, if like, you know, those some positions just lead to people targeting. But my good sis Katora took me out. When she went over to Jake and said, I'm not around lawyers a lot. What you do? Jake was like, well, I work for the DA. And Katora was like, oh, he was like, you know, and the DA, what they do is they prosecute. They go into courtrooms. Katora was like, a courtroom? He was like, yeah, that's where the judge says, a judge? Yeah. Well, he, he's the one that makes the decision. A decision? Like, the way Katora was sitting there letting him explain how a lawyer is. And for me, so believable, right? Like, yeah. And what happens is a jury makes a decision. A jury? (laughs) You mean not jury that I got on a jury? Jake's like, yeah, a jury. I just passed the bar. I I know. And I love that that immediate, because for me, if I were out there, I would be like, oh, I'm a lawyer. He's a lawyer. I'm a Let's get a, a lawyer alliance, right? But I love the fact that, like, she immediately was like, I'm going to use this to my advantage, right? Because knowledge is power. And she's allowing him to, like, boost up him being a lawyer. I mean, I almost felt like she was litigating him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, first of all, she, I could tell she's a good lawyer, okay? Uh, but I just love the fact my mind, like I said before, I work like, oh, that's a similarity. Like, let's, I know that they target him. Let me work with him. Because Hora said, no, I'm going to let you dig your own grave and I'm going to help dig it with. I just, I love that, like, just smart quickness of her. Oh, yeah. It made for great TV, too. Yeah, the, the Bellow dynamic is very interesting. Like, we have that whole conversation. But then we have the three girls, Kelly, Kendra, and Katura just establishing an alliance real quick. Kind of the first, like, actual alliance we see to the season. They're all the same. I think they're all Virg- Libras. Virgo. Yeah, September. They're all Libras, so you know how the Libras be. They, they got to work together. Pisces, um, Aquarius, Taurus, Aries, Gemini, Answer, Answer, oh, Libra, Uriel. I love all y'all. 
I was in Jack. love with a Pisces. Ain't that tune, Jack? That's that's Kendra's strategy. <laughs> Capricorn, Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, Taurus, Libra, Capricorn. Oh, he said Capernick. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce. Um, I, this is wait. Can I just can I just do one call back to the lawyer conversation? Of course, yeah. A lawyer, because <laughs> yeah, I work in the courts. A court? You play basketball? No, it's where oh. we we litigate cases. Cases? <laughs> you got like Dr. Pepper? So, Jack, uh, Bryce, I recall a few weeks ago when we did a um a little Bryce when James caught him first look, and I was like, are these attorneys going to hide that they're attorneys. And I was saying, I think they would. And y'all all were charging me up like, no, why would they do? Oh, no, no, no. No, they're not going to do it. Now we have many hiding that they're attorneys. I clearly was speaking about Jake. Fair enough. Sorry, Jack. No, all good. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's like three or four attorneys on this season. And it's... Uh... Season? <laughs> like I can't get over her. Like that, I had to rewind that part. Sorry. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it, was it was definitely funny. Katerina's definitely showed showing some uh, some chops early. Chops? Um, <laughs> you making pork chops? <laughs> uh, over back on Lulu, we see a little bit more of the uh, chaos that is the Lulu tribe. First, we got Hannah and Brandon kind of having like a joint mental breakdown, but they kind of get through it together. Um, we also have Emily sort of showing some self-awareness that she doesn't really fit in with this group. And we have them talking about who built the pyramids and why they might be alien batteries or whatever. Um, and then Emily's just sitting there like very, very confused. Um, and then... In addition, in addition to that, back on Reba, on the tale of Sifu looking for idols, we see Austin, you Chicago guy, shout out to you Chicago. Um, we see Austin cruising around looking a little bit more stealthy. <laughs> right? I'm in my First drop all, top cruising the streets. I got a real pretty, pretty little thing that looking for me. I pull up, anticipate, good love. Don't keep me waiting. I got plans to put my hands in places I've never seen. You know what I mean. Let me take you to a to place. a place nice and quiet. No but to rub. Ain't got a rush. I just wanna take. Here I go with the jazz spin. (laughs) Slow. Now, baby, tell me what you want to do to me. See, I've been waiting Waiting for this for so long. Making love until the sun comes up. up. Baby. I just want to take it it nice and slow. Jack, you're first tested. Uh, Jack! Don't you even Google. I wasn't Googling. I was just. I saw your Basil. I wasn't Googling. I was just trying to do okay. anything else. <laughs> All right. Uh, what you got, uh, uh, 
what you got, Jack? Hold on. This is the first, um, first of the season. Name that tune. And so Austin finds a beware advantage. <laughs> 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 and he, he so Jack, you, can't, you, Jack, cannot, you cannot renege on this cannot. challenge. This is a big one. I have no I'll idea. Give, oh, okay. I'll give you a hint. Okay, I kind of tuned out. I don't even know how it goes anymore. But what's the hint? They call me. They call me U.S. H-E-O. Here's another hint. I believe this person has been announced as the halftime usher. Finally, jeez, Jack. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> That, that's what Suf, that's what Sifu said when they failed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I was just seeing what a spy shack would look like. <laughs> I wasn't actually doing it. A spy shack. <laughs> um, and so Austin can't vote <laughs> until he completes a series of tasks. I gagged when Austin, first of all, shout out to Austin. Okay, I'm going to make an early prediction. Yeah, I know you love him. Go ahead. That's a zaddy right there if I ever see one. Okay? We love King, we love King Austin. Um, I gagged because in this new era of Survivor, right, like, as I am watching the game, like, if I were to spot something, I don't know if I'm touching it, right? Because when Austin was like, your first task. A series? A series. What's a series? Netflix. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, God. Like, these, this, well, one, I hate it because I'm like, if I got it, I wouldn't want to do it because I wouldn't be able to complete the task and I would never have a vote. But also, it's like, I love to see them being able to do this. And with the, the writing again, but you could talk more about it. But like those tasks, I would have been, I would have put it right on back. You could have it. See, well, that might be the smart thing to do. But if I'm ever out there, I find one. I'm always, I'm getting, I need that screen time. So I'm taking it. Okay. <laughs> and also, I like this one because it's all in Austin's hands. So if I'm him, I'm like, okay, this gives me something to do for a few days where, like, I can sneak off and just try to start completing these myself. And the first of which is being solved, like, the secret phrase hidden on your tribe flag, which, given the tools he has, doesn't look like it's going to be that hard. Um, and I think it's really just combining his his parchment with the flag and just making it line up to, to give a clue. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, we've definitely seen beware advantages in the past that I think people would have been better off just leaving. But, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, How do we feel about the beware advantage now that we're about five seasons in on them? Are we, are we fans? I like them. I, I don't like when each tribe has the same. Like, I don't like... I, sometimes I don't like the messiness of each tribe having the same yeah. thing. And then, like, I don't know. Uh, I would like it more if it were. I mean, so, no. Yes. To answer your question, I like the beauty. And I, I think the good thing I, I saw this season is the other tribe flags don't have those scrambled letters. And so oh. their tasks with the beware are going to be different, I believe. Uh, okay, Drew. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, I did want to circle back to uh, it was Brandon and Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love their little connection, right? Like, I feel like um, clearly Brandon like talked about struggling with anxiety, and I'm somebody that can relate to like being in your head and overthinking things. And um, I just love the fact that. Uh, him being a support to Hannah at like one of the moments where she's kind of sort of freaking out. And for me, it just shows Brandon's character where he is down in the dumps. Like he is very low on himself, feeling like the tribe is going to vote me out. And even in the midst of that, how much of a player and how much he loves the game yet. And still he's bigging her up to like, and it's not even game talk. It's not even like, he's like, we could work together. Like he's just like out here, like, I know what it's like and it's the least that I can do to help someone else big up and like help support them. And like, we will support each other. For me, that just said a, a, a lot about Brandon's personality um, and his character. So I just also just wanted to take time to, to talk about that because sometimes that gets overlooked in Survivor. I think um, we see it come out in people's how they act or what they do on the game, but we don't really get hearing people talk about how hard it is, how much they're in their head about different things and how it affects the game. So I thought like this conversation and us seeing this relationship of Brandon and Hannah, I I loved it from somebody that can absolutely relate. I think Brandon's is going to bounce back. So I'm excited to see what he cooks up. Um, okay. Really cook. quickly. Cook to that, Jack. Um, I wanted to say, I think he has a big upside. I think we can get a Nick Wilson. Like Nick had a terrible first episode, and he came back and won the game. So, like, I am not letting this first episode define. change. Yeah, define him by any means. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's shown. He's shown some. Some definitely some. Some some lows, but some highs. And so if he can dial and he was pretty miserable in the challenges, but I don't think I think there will be challenges that he'll be fine in. Um because a lot of where he struggled was just like getting up like ramps, boats, whatever, which I don't know, it, it can be can be difficult, but um I think I think he'll be okay in a lot of other challenges. So we'll we'll see what happens. But um, speaking of the challenge, uh, now we're getting into the first immunity challenge where the three tribes need to get, it's a basically a big obstacle course. Uh, they need to get over a ramp. One, one by one, they need to get over a ramp, go through a mud pit. Uh, and then once all their members complete that, they work together to transfer a bag of coconuts through some obstacles. And then players will shoot the coconuts into a big basket. Uh, in order to produce enough weight to bring down puzzle pieces or whatever, a key or whatever. Um, and they have to climb up a steep tower, and then two members will solve a vertical survivor logo sort of jigsaw puzzle. Um, I guess in, to re- go, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, in the challenge, I was like, I just thought, I said, Watch Bruce be a dad in this challenge. And sure enough, he became the human ladder and was lifting the kid. Like, I was just like, I love the fact that Bruce can't help but to be a leader. Even when, like, and that don't mean anything, right? Because I love Brucey. But, like, I just love the fact, I was like, I know Bruce is about to do something heroic. And next thing I know, he would. 
climb on me. Like he just became the, like he just was like, get up here. You know, he was that dad at the soccer coach. Get, kick the ball. Get it. Get up here. Like Bruce, Bruce was ready to go. Speaking of that position, Bryce, <laughs> do you remember our good friend, James Jones? <laughs> Can't stand on, okay. That, that was... I think we might have, I think Philly players, new era, new era Philly players might have a pants problem because James Jones's pants were at his ankles 90% of the first few challenges. We had Brandon Cotton with diapers on. <laughs> and now we got Brandon Donlin. And I, I feel like his pants were down for like 50% of this challenge as well. And and it's the look, his the his shorts were like at knee length. And you know how I feel about that. That they constrict your running ability. So what? They were just falling off? Falling off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. Yeah, we get um I think that that wall climb was definitely the peak of the challenge, but up until there we get Lulu off to a slow start getting over the first wall. Um it's, it was kind of fun seeing some of the players just face planted in the mud. Uh and then I loved about this challenge, especially about the wall, was like I ain't never seen a buff use like that and i was curious to know like what people thought of that um like does some people like is that innovating or does some people like feel like that's an advantage right because i loved it i was like i've never seen that in survivor and i'm like why haven't more people you like i i was amazed by Which the buff people? buffing lulu did yeah so <laughs> Maybe they exhausted all their options. First of all, they're like, take the buff, like do something. Now, I I think, yeah, you can, I think you do absolutely everything you can. And then you ask for forgiveness. Bless you. Bless you. I think in this game, like, yeah, you, you push all the limits and then you wait for them to tell you no. So I think it was a great use of the buff. But again, like, they ain't have many more options left. I always love seeing things like this. And now, like, in the, the future seasons, like, I feel like for uh, 47 and 48, I'm so curious to, like, keep my eye open to see if buffs will be used more like that. Because I think it's genius. And lift me up by my buff. I would I would allow Austin to lift me up by my buff any day of the week. You'll rip it. That's the point. Yeah, I uh, I thought the buff strategy was very solid. It was just a shame that it was kind of too little, too late for Lulu. Um, even Caleb, we saw him right away. He was able to scamper up the wall, and then he had to come back down and anchor everyone. And he was just going, uh, just just putting it all out there. But it's it was tough to get his squad. Uh, Can we give a moment of gratitude, of appreciation? Uh-oh. Of love. Uh-oh. To King Caleb. Like, I don't know. Like, I love uh, a King Caleb uh, army. Like, I, I just think Caleb is amazing. I feel like he... I don't know. I just feel like... He's I dope. He is. Yeah. Like, I feel like... And also... Is, the archetype the of Windeasy 
but better, more attractive, more smarter, more agile. Yes, all of that. And also the way he was responding to to Emily, instead of like getting defensive and stuff, it seemed like he was pretty diplomatic and political with his responses. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I like him. He's an early favorite for me as well. It's just yeah. tough to see him and like Sabaya stuck on that mess of a tribe. Um, and also, shout out to Queen Sabaya because her calm, her strong, her strength and calmness and her strength and like her pauses. Uh, I just think the world is her. Yeah, yeah, she's great. They're a great, they're a great duo. Um, and then, yeah, so once we get to the puzzle portion of the challenge, uh, the puzzle's pretty straightforward. Uh, like, it's the Survivor logo. It's a jigsaw puzzle. And so the two teams with the lead, Reba and Bello, are able to secure the victory with Bello coming in first and Reba coming in second, sending Lulu to Tribal Council. Um, so I have a question for you, Jack. Hey, man. Last season on Survivor News, you had a axe to grind with uh, rerunning challenges and puzzles. We've seen this puzzle countless times. It's a new puzzle. It's a new puzzle. I saw Carson Garrett tweeted. He said, hopefully, I think it was something along the lines of like, thanks to my work last, he's like, it's like a brand new puzzle tonight. And like, he's like, I'm going to take credit for that from last season or something. We've seen like variations of it, but we okay. haven't seen this exact puzzle. Well, I mean, we haven't seen the exact puzzle because no puzzle would say 45 on it. It would say the season that it was and the color that it was. Look, all I know is I saw Carson tweeted about it. And, like, obviously we've seen Survivor logo puzzles, but we haven't seen, like, the vertical jigsaw one where the pieces are these, like, these types of pieces. I I don't mind the Survivor 45 logo puzzle. (laughs) Sometimes it's a slide puzzle. Sometimes it's, like, a a big square and they got like different, I forget what those are called, but like they got like the different okay. parts of it. So my mind thought, I immediately thought of that. I said, I got to put that in my let me, notes. Let me, let, me find, let me find this tweet. Cause I'm, I want to make sure I'm uh, accurate with this. Yes. But, um, and Evan, if you have the tweet, drop oh. it up here for us. Uh, but, and yellow is Lulu, right? First of all, shout out to Survivor this season. Not I can pronounce all the tribe names. Just not the contestaways. The <laughs> oh, what? oh, what's the contestaway? <laughs> I got that in the brictionary. Oh, we got new new puzzle alert equals oh. my impact from Carson Garrett. Oh. Okay, okay, car, car. Talk your ish, car, car. And then I think from the teaser for the next episode, there's another puzzle, and he said, producer's keeping me busy this season with the new puzzle. <laughs> oh, no, wait, hold on, wait, let me get it. Wait, let's see it again. <laughs> okay. So his 3D printer is booked and busy. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so wait. Are you alleging that Carson is at home printing these new puzzles out, getting ready since? I don't, uh, think, I don't think I'm alleging that. I think he's uh, saying that himself. He said they're keeping me busy. I got to learn these new ones. Oh my gosh. He's getting ready for 
if he, if there's a, if there's ever a return he sees, I feel like the baby boy Carson's gonna be on there, and he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna be, gonna be fiending for some puzzles. <laughs> um, but also shout out to Lulu, uh, because although they had a a slow start, they at least had some pieces on the board, right? Like you know, <laughs> at one point we saw baby boy Brandon just puzzle at <laughs> hand, just standing there. <laughs> And I think someone was like, you, you got to go put that on. And he was like, oh, all right, I'll go. Uh, I'll go to that. No, he was thinking. Because sometimes you got to hold the puzzle piece up to like, yeah, you know, he's a visual learner. Sometimes you got to. He was just a little longer. Yeah. You got to hold it up to the light. Maybe there's a clue in the puzzle piece. <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, we got, so we got Lulu going the first tribal of the season. Uh, they get back to camp, and really, it's just like a triple-pronged chaos going on. We got Brandon telling Caleb and Sabaya he's going to play his shot in the dark because he feels weak or whatever. Wait, Jake, um, you know I wrote that down because I was like, okay. Because I was like, darn it, I can't remember, and I know we discussed this. Now, regarding the shot in the dark, his chances... I'm not discussing whether he should play it or not, but his chances of playing it would be the highest now because it's like... It's always the same. It's always one and six. So there never is a... Okay. So wait, why do I feel like I'm just learning this? Because I felt like there are some points where it's like better to use it than not. So well, saying- I think when we discussed that a lot, I think if I'm remembering correctly, when we've discussed that, that was more of a discussion of like, oh, well, if there's this amount of players, then like, I think what we talked about is like, say you're at the merge and there's 12 players. Well, then if all, all things are equal, then you have a one in 12 chance of being voted out. But if you play your shot in the dark, one in six chance of being safe, that might be a little bit more of an impact. Whereas say there's six people, like five people left, then your vote is carries more weight. So it might be worse to play your shot in the dark, but it's always a one in six chance of being safe. I um, <clears throat> my heart bro- broke for Brandon because baby boy was he was like, and I love Brandon, but I just was like, in his mind, he was at the point where he was like, all I got is the uh, shot in the dark. Put me in that room. Let me just like um and. Remind me of her name again. Katura. K- not Katura. Oh. What's her name, Jack? It's uh, Caleb and... Sabaya. Sabaya. Sabaya was like, now wait a minute. <laughs> this man telling me, <laughs> like, Sabaya and Caleb took it like, if he telling us he playing the shard in the dark, well, then we can't, can we trust them? <laughs> like, we can't even trust them. Uh, uh, Sabaya was taken back by that. But again, I just like, Brandon's like that self-fulfilling prophet. Pros- self-fulfilling. I know it. I could say it. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Where it's like, if you are continuously hard on yourself, like, it's going to play out. And it just, like, sucks because it's like, when you're down in you're down on yourself about like your performance. Trust me, I've been there. I know how it feels. It's like, it's so hard to get out of yourself. And it just like sucks is that like Brandon's going to like what I would believe is his allies because he's telling them this and 
you're not even trying to strategize. But it was like, listen, guys, <laughs> I'm, t- I'm going to go in there and get that shot in the dark and I'm going to just pray for the best. But it's like, Brandon, these is your people. Like, talk about what's yeah. good. <laughs> like, figure something out before you resort right. to that option. And then, the problem, and then the problem is if they're like, Brandon, we trust you don't need to play. He might be like, they're trying to get me out. <laughs> you know, like once once you have that mindset, you're just going right. to paranoia is going to eat you. Brandon's with them holding that puzzle piece. Like, I'm going to play my shot. <laughs> uh, and things take a, well, and I guess it's funny because all throughout the episode, uh, Hannah has been dropping things about how things are hard, how things are difficult for her. And I mean, essentially all episodes, she's been saying this. Uh, what I thought was interesting, and we could talk about this, uh, Emily was Emily. And she immediately was like, Caleb and Kadaya are... Say it again. Sabaya. Sabaya. Caleb and Sabaya are a threat. We got to get rid of them. And for me, what I thought was interesting is like, so you identify those two people as a threat, yet you go to the other two closest people and say that, like, they're a threat. So I, I thought that was interesting. Like, you're going from one pair to another pair, but, like, do you not realize that, like, you're going to, I feel like uh, Brandon and Hannah are closer than Caleb. So what makes you identify them as a threat and these other two not as a threat? Right. Um, I don't think it's anything intentional. Sometimes we have biases that we're unaware of. And I I really believe that Emily is going at a a micro speed where anything that she can identify is like, oh, we got to pull it out. We got to pull it out. But I mean, yeah, so I... Well, yeah. well, Bruce was a threat also. I mean, saying. well, I I, I I, do realize that as well. No, I definitely consider that. And, like, I saw people discussing that this could definitely be a factor of some implicit biases because, yeah. I mean, I, I think obviously here Emily probably just feels closer to Brandon and Hannah, but that's its own conversation as to why that might be. Um, and, like, I don't know. I think Emily realizes she's in a weird spot in the tribe, so she's just trying to gather all the other people that are in a messy spot and make something happen, but in reality, if, if she could just play it smooth, like, like someone we haven't really talked about here, and he's been on screen the whole time, oh. is Sean, the show Sean Viver, and I think he's the MVP of this tribe right now, because he's just posted up. I actually showed my roommate last night. This is the first ever episode of Survivor that he watched. And he was like, that dude, Sean, is just playing the, like right in the middle of the road, and he's doing a good job. I was like, exactly. Like, Sean, I think Sean recognizes that Sabaya and Caleb are a strong duo. Good, Seems like good, genuine people that he could work with, but he doesn't want to put himself in this, in these conflict so he's right. hanging out and just being a good dude to be around and, like, and if you watch Sean's preseason interviews or his press like he wants to backstab like he wants to play a like and for me it's like you're sitting like you're not acting too soon like you are gathering the right amount of information to know and I'm just like baby boy yeah. I you know that's why I had to wear my shirt to show my it is also like I get 
Emily might feel desperate, but if you vote out Caleb, your team is not winning another challenge. And that's not always the priority, but especially given that we've seen recent seasons there's been no swaps, like you have to have confidence in yourself that you're going to be able to navigate potentially to the last two people in your starting tribe if you're just going to lose every challenge. But if you take out like a Brandon, I just think Emily probably realizes that if they take out like a Brandon, she's probably next. And so she's desperate, but uh, I guess time will tell. Uh, and then, yeah, so those are sort of the, the main three trends going on at, at camp. We've got Brandon with the shot in the dark. We've got Hannah doesn't really want to be here. And we've got Emily trying to pull a fast one on Caleb. And before we get to tribal council, I actually want to bring something up that I heard about. That I don't know if you guys heard about this. Was the there hidden, a the, twist that did yeah. not make the air? Uh, and for those people at home listening, uh, Bellotrod, who won the challenge, was actually able to send someone to Lulu to interact with the tribe before tribal council um, and even cast a vote in secret uh, that didn't end up being relevant because of what happens at tribal council. But they sent Kendra. Um, and so I don't know exactly what happened from that. I assume we really, really see any fallout of that, given it wasn't in the episode. But definitely an interesting twist that we didn't get to see. Uh, it would be lovely if I was a Kendra to be able to go to someone else's tribe before tribal and have influence without worrying about even having to be at the tribal council to be voted out. So that might have, I'm sure that'll have impacts down the line that and we may not see directly, but it'll affect the game. Um, but getting into tribal council, we um, some of the main points discussed were that Emily says she feels like a more extreme version of herself, which, as she says, is a, is a weird, angry Emily. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> she also points out, she also loves calling people out, so she calls out Caleb and Sabaya as a duo. They, re- they rebuttal that. She also says that Brandon has been pretty terrible in challenges, uh, but at <laughs> least he's funny. Uh, and then Sabaya, I think, very articulately states, it's like, well, maybe you've just been looking for reasons to call people out and essentially isolate yourself, and that's why you don't feel included because you've been, and I'm extrapolating what she said here, but you've been kind of like pessimistic, negative, and just isolating yourself. And so, of course, you're going to think that we're working together when in reality it's more so they're just not working with her because she hasn't been bringing the best energy to the tribe. Um, so before we get into sort of the ultimate moment of this episode, is there anything from Tribal Council that you guys wanted to touch on? I think you covered it. You know, I got a lot to say about my girl Hannah, but no, I think Tribal was pretty straightforward. Um, so with that being said, I guess we'll get into which I, I, I guess you could call it the climax of the episode or, or the anti-climax. Um, oh. But Hannah climax. Hannah climax. Hannah says that she to put to make a long story short, she doesn't really want to be here. She wants to go back to the couch, have some food, and vape. Um, and she says she doesn't need to be voted out to leave tonight. And so. That cues everyone. In. Jeff takes that and runs with it. And that cues everyone in that she's probably going to quit one way or another, and so they kind of unanimously agree to vote her out. Um, 
which I think obviously at that point is the right move because it's like as long as it ain't me. And if this is someone who might quit once we get back to camp, then we'd be down two numbers. Just not not the move for uh, Lulu. Um, and so I guess let's just dive in. We've seen a lot of people talking about Hannah's quit. I think there's a lot of angles to discuss, uh, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. I have a very strong opinion on this. And I've seen a lot of people's opinions about Survivor and you don't quit. There's a million other people that want to be here and all of that. And I don't like to see anyone quit on Survivor. However, I respect the H-E-L-L-L out of Hannah because she could have, like, the way her reasoning for quitting was like, listen, my heart's not in here. Survivor is a beast. I can remember thinking that first night in the Philippines on the Solana beach and being like, what the heck did I get myself into? Right? Like it's there, like it's harder than it looks. And when you get out there and you're in those elements and you are hungry, you are tired, you are craving nicotine. Like that's a real thing. And I respect the hell out of her because she said, these people want to be here. I would feel not right if I stayed and we voted somebody else out that wanted to go. And I know my heart's not in there. So I don't care what nobody say about, oh, quitting on Survivor and this and that. Like, I respect that. That's my take, period. Wendell? I, um, I have a few angles to it. First of all, I, I have a feeling that uh, production knew she was either going to quit Production knew she wasn't going to stay. And I think Jeff knew she wasn't going to stay probably for a while that day. Um, And so I think that's what kind of pushed Jeff to just like kind of, kind of can her a little bit. Um, As far as quitting goes, Bryce, it hurt to watch her quit because we've seen how tough Jeff is on people that quit. And we do understand how many people are dying to get on this show. I just didn't think, I didn't think in the modern era we would see people quit because of, yes, how tough he was, but also because of they're casting all these super duper duper fans that know the show and have seen the backlash and know how hard it is. So, I mean, but again, you don't know how hard it is from the couch. You don't. So, and and I am an advocate and a supporter and an ally to mental health matters. Right. And Survivor can be the game of your life, but your mental health and your well-being are way more important. And again, I have so much admiration for somebody that can say, I'm not myself out here. I am not the best person that I want to be out here. And my heart is not in it. And I don't want to take that away from somebody that wants to be here. Like, that's a hard thing to do and say and especially given that survivor is your dream so for me it's like i'm always gonna be on the side of like your mental health comes first um and so i i bryce i hear you i'm an i'm a mental health advocate too in this case and i could be wrong but like i try and maybe she grappled with it throughout the day and already made her decision but at tribal and like I said, I could be wrong. Maybe I need to rewatch it. I didn't, it didn't look like she was going through it that much. It, it was sometimes <laughs> the people that That's are going true. through it the most, you can never see. So it's like you, it, 
It doesn't have a look. It doesn't have what you think it should be. I feel like throughout the episode and her talking with Brandon and whatever, and I don't think it's all mental health, but like it seemed like she just wasn't herself. And so you never know when people are going through it. You 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 can't say like, oh, I can t-, like that. I don't I don't agree with you're that. Right. You're right about that. Can I uh, lay out my thoughts right quick? I have a lot of different angles on it, so bear bear with me. Keep it funky, Jeffrey. First and foremost, Hannah's actually from my hometown of like 8,000 people. Like, no, my specific town. So that's kind of of a disappointment uh, that she... But to your point, Bryce, first and foremost, I will say, you know, once you know your heart's not in it, and for the sake of the show... I'm glad that Emily and Brandon get to stay because I think it's going to be more entertaining. Um, And also in the same vein, my thing is like when I'm looking at someone's decision sort of making, I look at kind of down the line what brings them to that decision. And if I feel like they made any mistakes necessarily, here I don't really think so. Because the thing is, Hannah knows if she goes on Survivor and leaves day three, she's still making like a smooth, 15k or whatever it is right so she she you'd have to be a very selfless person to to deny that opportunity but what i will say is the fact like of course we could mental health is very important but in the game of survivor you're gonna struggle and so you sign up for that and also it's not like she didn't quit sort of like a Jenna Maraska situation in All Stars, where she had like wanted to go home and like see like it's a family thing, it's personal. She didn't realize the impact and the weight of it. She basically said, "I want to go chill on my couch, have some food, and vape." Like she was like, "You didn't know, you don't know how hard it's going to be out here when you come out here. You could prepare for Survivor and try to quit nicotine because you know that's going to be hard. So you go out there and you can't and you quit because you want to vape. Like that's pathetic." Like that's, and I don't think that makes her a bad person but, or anything like that. Cause it's like, she has, she's entitled to quit, but you go out here knowing what you're signing up for in the sense that you're going to be hungry. You're going to be tired. You're going to be deprived of nicotine. It seems like she made zero effort to prepare for that was probably like, Hey, let me go get my bag, which I can't really blame her for. But at the end of the day, I don't really, res- I don't have any respect for that. Like it's, it's, it's like, and like, again, what I said is like, she's, She's going, she's going to make her money. Like it would be very, it would be too selfless to ask her not to do that because she has her reasons to do that. But from like a greater scope of survivor, it's sad. And what I think is the bigger issue or something like I'm wondering what you, if you guys think we can correct is like where in the casting process can we figure out that someone like Hannah is just not cut out for this, right? Like I think the bigger mistake here that you could actually blame is casting being like, but you don't don't always know, but it's like, it's not Hannah's fault, it's casting's fault. I also feel like her saying like, I want a couch, I want my vape. I feel like that's her making light of the situation and trying to be like funny about like why, like I, again, I, you don't know what it's like until you're out there. And that's just the point blank period for me. And I also feel like casting cast people that they intend to go far. And they also cast people that they intend not to go far. Uh, so I feel like she was amazing. Could she have prepared better? Yeah, but you don't know a situation until you get out there. But and you know, I like the gist of it, right? I like, mean, yeah, you know, but you know, you will not have cigarettes. You know, you will not have a couch. You know, you will be starving. So I guess, Jack, you kind of lean me in your direction a little bit because I, uh, there are I, things you can prepare for. 
I and mean, yeah, but about cigarettes, then that's a little questionable. Nic- nicotine is a drug and it's addictive and people are addicted and sometimes they don't realize what withdrawal looks like. Uh, so again, I'm not, that's not my defense, but I'm just saying like, yeah, I, I, know. And I, once she's not feeling it, like I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying you need to like suck it up for three weeks. Like that's fine. But I'm just kind of like, have a little force. Also you're on survivor. Like the, it's going to be hard. Like, I just think if I, I would, I respect the people more that have like the fortitude to go through things that are hard. And if you don't want to do that, I guess it's okay. Like no one's going to make you stay, but I'm not going to like give you some sort of respect or some props really when like every, like everyone else wants to be there. But if I, like for me, it's like, if I meet Hannah, it'll be like, Hey, like the person to person, like you seem cool. But as a survivor player, there's no excuse you can make to me as to why you quit. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's kind of sad. I disagree. Uh, disappointed that she did quit, but I, I'm just a different breed of person where I don't look at someone. Uh, I don't judge someone by their decisions of what they do better for themselves just because it's a TV show and, and millions of people are trying yeah. to get on it and it's like a lifelong dream. But like for me, it's like when you get out in those situations and you're there and I like you feel it and you like, I just feel like when you're in a situation in which you're uncomfortable and again, I'm like just taking Survivor out of it. When you're in a situation and you're uncomfortable, you don't want to be there and it's like, it's not what you thought it would be. Like, I just feel like you can't prepare that. And again, I agree. Like, you can't quit, but I just feel like it's, I don't know. I just feel so, like it, I, I... And I want to clarify, I'm not trying to say I'm, like, judging her. No, no, I'm not saying that, no. As a person, or, but I am saying in the realm of Survivor, and obviously that's what we're talking about, it's, it's sad, you know? Like, and I also think you're going to come across a lot of situations in life that are going to be hard and uncomfortable and you can't always just quit. So, like, so I'm not, I, I just wish she would have sucked it. Like, I don't yeah. know. I, I think it's like, we know what we're signing up for with Survivor. But we don't. You don't know the extent of it necessarily, but you know a certain level of, like, it's going to be hard. Do I have the mental strength to do this? And, like, I'm going to be hungry. I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm not going to have food. I'm not going to have nicotine. Like, is that something I'm cut out for? I think a lot of people who love to watch Survivor know that they aren't. And so they don't bother applying. And so it's like where in their, like her mind or I guess in casting mind, does that disconnect occur? I feel like if Survivor is a game, it's experiment, right? Like you take these people and like, this is a part of the experiment. Like a lot of ish happens. So it's, I just, I, I hate when people like just have that attitude towards people quitting. Like that's a part of the game. Like that is like, you have winners, you have losers, different things shake out. People get hurt. People get medivac. People have to like, I just feel like. True. That's why I don't, I don't think it's like a bad episode because she quit. You know, that stuff happens and it can make the season interesting seeing people's reasons for quitting and like, how far the game pushes people in certain directions. So like for me, a season's not worse because someone quits, but it's like, I like looking at the person. It's like, uh, and just to think about it's, it's like a little hard, harder to picture, but they fly out. You guys know better than I do. They fly out a male and a female alternate every single season. Austin was actually an alternate for the guys. This season was able to get on. You think about, well, if Hannah, and I'm not saying she as a person should have been thinking about the alternate, but I'm just thinking from a show perspective, it sucks that someone's missing the opportunity to be on the show. Someone that was literally in Fiji ready to go. 
And then Hannah plays for three days and was like, all right, well, I've had enough of this. It, for me, that, that's the luck of the show. That's how it go. It, like, I want to be, did I want to be on the tribe? Did I want to be on this picture? Did I want to be on, like, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's a part of, like, yeah, I, I get what y'all saying, but I'm also saying that, like, I feel like y'all, the extreme of it is like, y'all are missing the part of the chance, the part of the show that is luck. The part of the show is like the, the different but nuances that make it. not on the show at all, and then there's someone who left, which is not a factor of luck or chance. That's a active decision but again i want to to wrap i want to hear more of what when thinks about too because but I, just to put a bow on my shit is like i said what i said but at the same time i don't stand by the people like if like if i if someone who like would meet her and like give her shit for being a quitter right like i don't think that's yeah. in line you could be disappointed in her as a survivor player but that is so different from like the actual person well i, I said what i said and i stand by uh okay we and we can, we can argue about this all day. I think um okay, I, think, I would like to. Yeah, I see that. I think um I would have loved to see more of her as a player. I will say that. I think that she could have been an awesome player. Um and yeah, we don't know what she was going through, so she took herself out of the game. Um I do want to ask you guys about how Jeff reacted to this and how he might have reacted had this been like 10 years ago. We saw it on his face that he was visibly upset, but he didn't like let her know how I feel like he might have done that maybe a decade ago. Yeah, I mean, I did see this someone, I guess. Uh, so I think Jeff was in an interview or something or on his podcast where yeah. he said like the re he was disappointed, but the reason he didn't give her as much flack for it is because he knows in the era of like social media that she's gonna get. She's got yeah. people eating her up, like eating her alive. So he didn't feel like it was his place anymore to like be the one to give her that when he knows that a lot of she's going to hear it from a lot of people. Um, my other question to you all is what if they were like, nah, we're not, we're not making this move on her right now. They go to vote, they vote someone else out and she quits. Is that I how mean, you would? That playing out, that would be a disaster. Yeah, I I think that hap could happen. I also was thinking like, what if there's a situation where someone wants to quit and you go to a vote, and maybe I have an idol and I play an idol on the person who wants to quit and mm. vote out whoever I want. Like that would be pretty evil, but it's something that I think that is something that could happen more likely in like the post merge stage of the game because right now you don't want to get rid of someone and then lose someone to quit and be down two numbers. Um, but I do think there is an angle where, you know, or maybe someone phrases it, like makes it seem like they want to quit so that they can get all the votes on them and then they play an idol, take someone out. But Bryce, what, what do you, what do you think? I think that's an interesting theory. Uh, I don't know if we'll see it play out, but that would be, that's smart, uh, to set it up like that. And again, like when you feel like your back's against the wall, that's something that, if you're on a make the merge tribe, that's something you and another person could just cook up and uh, you could flip the game. So, no, I, I think that's very smart. Well, good first episode. I, I like 90 minutes. I think um, I think this is a good cast of, of characters. I think we have I think they're doing a, a great job casting. I don't think I, I don't think there's an easy way to cast around someone quitting like that, Jack. But um, 
I I'm happy about this season. I'm happy about 90 minutes and I'm happy about this cast. See, I know the real reason why Jack is mad. Jack's like, I'm at home with six buffs. Fly me out, Jeff. So well, I get it. <laughs> no, that, well, obviously you never want to see someone quit when yeah. there's so, but you can't put that on the person that quits because they have their own stuff going on. Right. But it is, it is disappointing. And, um, yeah, I do think this cast is going to be a, a hot mess, but I think it'll be fun to watch, and we'll see what happens. It's going to be. I, and I love the ninety-minute episodes. It's going to be I, awesome. I I do as well. I thought it was didn't feel like ninety minutes, so that's how I knew I liked it. Right? Like I still felt like I could go for more, so that's how I knew. But listen, we are back. Survivor News is back. You can catch us next week as we will recap episode two. Episode two. We out. (laughs) And that is going to conclude this week's Survivor News. And as always with your Survivor News, you can watch this audio podcast on video. Head over to the Bryce Isaiah YouTube page. Click subscribe. Give this video a thumbs up and let us know what you think of the baby boys being back. And as always, if you have not already, please make sure you are subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. The Purple Pants Podcast awaits for you to subscribe, write a review, and give your baby boy some five stars. And don't forget to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that is a... It's a, it's a, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.